Hey everybody, welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Page. Or Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. Football fans, we are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I am your host, Justin Michael. Excited to talk about an exciting weekend of college football. We got a good slate for the Mountain West. I got four teams on a bye week, actually. Uh, But a lot of interesting matchups, a lot of good games going on around the country. A lot of a lot of good games to just, you know, plant down on the couch, sit down, open up a thing of Pringles and just munch, you know, lounge, watch games all day. This is what college football season is all about. I know it's been a difficult start for CSU football. Certainly not the team I was hoping to cover this year. I mean, nobody wants to follow a losing team. It's just it's just the reality of it. But, you know, this team has talent. And this this is a winnable game against San Diego State. I know the tone has been down kind of all week after letting another winnable game in Utah State slip away. But this is a winnable game. CSU has the talent at the skill positions to match with San Diego State. I think the Aztecs defensively are going to make things really hard on quarterback Patrick O'Brien. But honestly, the Aztecs on offense, they're nothing special. They can't, they don't, I shouldn't say they can't but they don't have an impressive passing game. And honestly, I think this is uh, probably the worst probably the worst offense CSU has faced since Western Illinois. I mean, certainly not as, not as dangerous as Utah State or some of the teams CSU's already faced, CU, Arkansas. Those teams all can move the football a little bit. So there is an opportunity for the Rams to win the game, I think, that would be kind of fitting of this season if CSU somehow came out and just, you know, looked kind of dominant. I don't, 
I don't want to put false hopes into into people's heads, but I do think this will be a really competitive game, and, and we'll talk about that more in a little bit, as well as the other exciting matchups in the conference. But first, I just kind of wanted to talk about my favorite homecoming memory for CSU football. It's homecoming weekend this weekend, CSU wearing the white helmets with the alternate logo on the helmet should be cool to see those in person homecoming is just always fun i know it's a bit of a dated tradition if we're being completely honest just the whole concept of homecoming and everything that goes with it when we were in logan last weekend it actually surprised me to see that utah state does homecoming royalty for their students that's something you see fairly frequently in the south but definitely not something that's quite as big on this side of the country. Uh, I've never seen it. it. It took me back to high school a little bit and all of that, the politics that come with homecoming royalty and all that nonsense stuff you care about when you're like 15, 16 years old. But I do like the nostalgia aspect and just how it gives everybody an opportunity to come back to campus and you know think about their glory days and when they were a CSU Ram, when they were tearing it up up in Fort Collins, going to parties on Friday night, going to games probably at Hughes Stadium at the time. I don't think we've got a lot of alums at this point that established game day traditions in the new stadium, although if you graduated in the last year or two, I suppose that's possible. But uh, my favorite homecoming memory has got to be 2014. Now, I know I'm pretty young, so... I don't have the, I guess I just, I don't have the games to go back on. Like I can't go back to the nineties or stuff like that because, well, I wasn't here. So October 18th, 2014, a young Justin Michaels still, still in his early college days, still partying hard with the friends, still rocking a nose ring at the time. That's right. I used to have a nose ring. I'll post a picture from this game, one of my favorite memories of college, honestly. October 18th, 2014. Uh, really, this game, it was a lot of fun, but it was really slow. It was a, just a defensive stalemate, to be honest. I mean, one of the weirder games, if you, if you weren't a fan of CSU or you didn't understand like the context of this season, this was obviously when we started to see that that 2014 CSU team was pretty good and might actually be able to accomplish something special. They obviously went on to win 10 games, should have won the league that year. People will go back to that 2017 season and certainly slipped away that year as well. But I think that 2014 team, man, really should have just had it. That Air Force game is just going to be one that'll forever be ingrained in the back of my mind. But that's a that's a tale for another day. We'll talk about that game more when uh, CSU is going to play Air Force. But on this on this night, I'm I'm going to set the stage for you. You know, not not cold, just a a nice September night at Houston Stadium. You got a sellout crowd. Uh, everybody's pumped for this game. Utah State really stellar defensively coming in. You knew it was going to be tough, but the weird thing is like the Rams came right out. And, you know, with like a four-play, 72-yard drive, scored in like a minute and a half. First play of the game, Grayson hits Rashard Higgins for 69 yards. 
and it's looking like, oh, well, okay, maybe this CSU team is maybe they're going to do something tonight. Uh, six more drives in that half. The Rams punted on five of them. Their only other possession that resulted in points was a field goal by Jared Roberts. He ended up being the MVP that night. The two biggest plays of the night were made by Richard Higgins, uh, that 69-yard catch on the first play, as well as a uh, 46-yard reception on the final play of the drive. But Roberts, man, he hit three of four field goals in this game. In the second half, tied at 10, Utah State goes up 13-10 with uh, about 13 minutes left in the game. After that, CSU goes down, misses a field goal. There's about 10 minutes left in the game. It kind of feels like it's over. The Rams really can't move the football at this point. Utah State defensively has been dominant for pretty much the last two and a half quarters straight. But CSU just as equal or just as dominant defensively, and it keeps them in the game. So even after that missed field goal, the Rams defense steps up. They get the ball back. CSU responds with a massive drive of their own, 12 plays, 74 yards. Eats up seven minutes and 13 seconds of clock. Roberts ends up tying the game with a 46-yard field goal. Defense responds again, stops Utah State in four plays, gets the ball back. At this point, you're thinking maybe you just sit on the ball, play for overtime, but a D-Hart gets like a 17-yard run on the first play of the series. Rams call timeout, decide to be aggressive. Old Jim McElwain, riverboat gambler, decides, hey, let's go for the win now. Goes over the top, hits Rashard Higgins. He's able to make a phenomenal catch multiple defenders draped all over him sets up CSU Uh, they actually got a five-yard penalty but a few plays later but they end up making a 46-yard field goal Jared Roberts hits the game winner students storm the field man just when I think back to this game I think back to the excitement of the program I think about how invested the community was at this point everybody had really fully bought in Uh, McElwain had really won over just the CSU community as a whole. The students were really interested in the team. You had great crowds. It was just a great atmosphere at Hughes Stadium. I remember I'm just like jumping the fence with the with my friends and we were kind of nervous that security was going to try and take us down because we were one of the first two people out there. But uh, Tony Frank, of all people, actually kind of ushered to security and was just like, no, let him go, let him go. And, uh, yeah, CSU was willing to pay the fine for the students rushing the field, and it ended up being just a truly great memory, one of my all-time favorite CSU football experiences, a night I'll certainly never forget, just one of those all-time college classic games, one that, you know, 10, 15 years, 25, 30 years from now, when I when I tell it, I'll, I'll tell it with the same excitement, because... It was just a great night, and maybe CSU fans will will get another one of those this year. I I hope they do. It was a great memory, and the Rams are due for a good game. Let's be honest. It's been a rough stretch. I think the fans need it. The players need it, and it's it's certainly possible. The San Diego State team is beatable. So we're going to talk about the rest of the games around the league when we come back, but first here's just some highlights from that 2014 game to take you down memory road and let you reminisce a little bit. To the left side, 
The pitch to D. Hart, circling the left side. To the goal line he goes. Touchdown Rams. They're showing blitz, and here they come. Garrett throws with time. Has Richard Higgins over the 35. Cuts to the sideline. Gets a block into Utah State territory. Inside the 30-yard line he goes before he's going to be forced out. Yard field goal attempt. Ball snap. Kick on the way. He's got the distance. The kick is will hold. There's the snap. The kick on the way. Plenty of distance. That kick is good! And this game is tied! They get a moment to go with a Max Morgan interception. They throw it inside. Scoring that ball cut by Maxson. He's down the middle. And Garrettson on an end around the Hunter for check it to Robinson. Hit behind the line. Looks like Utah State's going to play coverage. They are. Three-man rush. And here's a long run deep. For Higgins, it is a slamming catch. Right down the middle of the field. There's the, there's the snap on the money. The kick on the way. Plenty of distance. The kick is the money. The kick on the way. Plenty of distance. The kick is good. Rams win. The kick is good. And the Rams have beat the Utah It's football Friday, folks, and that means we're talking nothing but football. But before we get into some of these games around the league, I just want to take a quick second and shout out Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR Rams. If you're not going to be watching college football all weekend like me, if you're not a degenerate and you have some social plans, you like to get outside and breathe that fresh Colorado air, why don't you head over to Breckenridge Brewery Saturday, October 5th, their annual Hootenanny celebration, 29 years, 28 years of Breckenridge Brewery. The Disco Biscuits are going to be playing. You got live music, two stages, food. I mean, the festival goes from 12 to 7 p.m., rain or shine, so there's all kinds of fun. Highly recommend you getting over there, having some beers, and having a good time. Shout out to Breck. Those guys rule. Alrighty, let's let's get right into this football Friday stuff. Got plenty of exciting games around the Mountain West to go over, as well as some other games around the country. But starting Friday night, you got New Mexico at San Jose State. Traditionally, not the sexiest game in the world, but it's one where you could actually get a shootout. Both offenses of shown that they can move the football a little bit. The Spartans actually look like a legit D1 team for the first time since, shoot, you got to go back to like 2013, 2014. It's good to see. I mean, they're favored by a touchdown in this game. It still feels weird to see San Jose State favored over anyone, let alone a Mountain West team. But New Mexico might honestly have the worst defense I've ever seen. And that's saying something, because I cover CSU. So, yeah, I think San Jose State probably wins this game at home, but you never know. I just, I'm not going to buy into the Spartans at this point. But good to see them at least looking competitive and relatively, I don't know, respectable, I guess would be the way to say it. Normally they're a doormat. But, yeah, New Mexico at San Jose State. Good Friday night game if you've got nothing else going on. 
maybe bored, come home, watch the second half, a little bit tipsy, something like that. (laughs) Starting Saturday morning, Utah State at number five, LSU. Probably the most difficult non-conference game for any Mountain West team this year. LSU looks as good as anyone in the country. Their offense is absolutely ridiculous right now as someone that follows Alabama football as well. I'm definitely nervous about this LSU team. They're scoring 57.8 points per game, 57.8. So basically 58 points a game. That's number one in the country. Uh, Quarterback Joe Burrow looking like a potential day two NFL pick. He's a guy who coming into the season, most people were thinking probably like a seventh round pick, maybe undrafted free agent. Now he's might even be like a second or a third round pick. I mean, the dude's been lights out, completing 80% of his passes, 17 touchdowns, only two interceptions, just making great decisions with the football. And yeah, this LSU team, they're a lot of fun. I hate to hate to admit it, but they really are. They're a team that I think can can go really far and have potential to make a lot of noise. Utah State looked pretty human against CSU last week. Definitely not their best showing. Uh, I was I was really weirded out by Jordan Love and just some of his decision-making. I know it was raining, and I think he was trying to force things a little bit after turning it over, maybe just got in his own head a little too frustrated. But this is going to be a tough matchup. I think going to be a real humbling experience for Utah State, LSU, their defense is legit their offense is legit and that's just one of the toughest places in the country to play so yeah maybe maybe throw it on maybe if you're a gambler it's worth getting on just with the 20 plus point spread but ultimately i I think lsu will cover because that lsu team looks pretty dang good at 130 we got air force at navy i always love these games uh bum that i'm gonna have to record the second half because Gonna head over to Moby Arena to check out the CSU basketball scrimmage. Highly recommend it if you're in town. Uh, they've got a lot of young players. This team's a lot of fun. I think they have potential making some noise. But if you're home watching football, you don't want to go see the basketball scrimmage. Air Force Navy, a great game to turn on. Uh, both of these offenses have looked pretty formidable in the first couple of weeks. Navy's thrown some points up in their each of their games. Air Force has as well. Uh, can the Falcons go on the road and win this tough rivalry game? It seems to always be, you know, a one-score, 10-point game, something like that, no matter how good either of these teams are. But now that both are good, I'm just curious to see. It's one of those where, like, each team has potential to run for 400 yards on any given Saturday. Can Air Force's quarterback, Donald Hammond the third give them a viable passing game? I mean, one of the big things that's helped them in their game so far is he's been able to make the big throws when they call on him. They don't throw the football frequently, but when he's had to beat people over the top, he's been able to do it, and that's been huge. I think the Falcons can win this game. I do think Navy is good. Their defense has looked pretty decent. I mean, they they never have the size to truly be potent, but they play disciplined football, and offensively, they're always a menace. But ultimately, I think that's a game Air Force can win. Should be a very entertaining game to watch. San Diego State at CSU, 8 p.m. That's the second-to-last conference game of the day for the Mountain West. You know, as we talked about earlier, San Diego State's defense, phenomenal. Going to really test Patrick O'Brien in this CSU passing game. The Rams, they really haven't been able to consistently just execute the offense over the last couple of weeks. They've made a lot of 
really just weird mistakes, costly penalties. They just haven't been in sync when it when it comes down to it, and I think so much of that has to do with losing Colin Hill. I don't really think it's Patrick O'Brien's fault. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like the chemistry, the cohesion, it, it just hasn't been there, and it needs to get better over the, over the next couple of weeks. This will be a good test for him at home. San Diego State's defense really, really strong. Uh, Rocky Long likes to confuse people, drops a lot of coverages. It's going to be a tough test, but the weather should be good. You're under the lights. should be a good crowd. Uh, the atmosphere sets up for it to be a fun game. Moving on, Boise State at UNLV. That game kicks off at 8.30. Honestly, we're not going to really even talk about this game. Not interesting at all. Uh, if UNLV wins, might be the upset of the season. <laughs> They're terrible. They're absolutely awful. I hate to say it because defensive coordinator Tim Skipper is my guy. I know him very well, uh, but they're they're not a good team, and that staff may be on the way out, unfortunately. So tough game. Boise State probably going to hang 50 on them. That game kicks out of, off at 8.30. Teams on bye weeks, Wyoming 4-1. They'll go to San Diego State next week. Nevada 3-2. They'll go to San Jose State next week. Probably good that Nevada's on a bye week this week after losing by 50 at home to Hawaii next week, or last week, excuse me. Hawaii, they're on a bye as well. Uh, Warriors, man, they might they might be a legit contender on the other side of the conference. They're 4-1. and one. They go to Boise State next weekend. That's going to be a really interesting game. Really looking forward to that one. Fresno State, 2-2, two and two, they're on a bye as well. They'll travel to Air Force next weekend. So really, we got a lot of fun games in the Mountain West this weekend. A lot of good games around the country, though. Some of the intriguing games that I'll have my eye on. Number 14, Iowa at number 19, Michigan. Uh, Wolverine fans are so sick of Jim Harbaugh at this point. And it's just fascinating to see how bad that Michigan team really is. They just, I mean, they're getting their quarterbacks absolutely killed. McCaffrey's been playing lately maybe he can turn things around for them but I mean I just hope he's able to stay healthy at this point because dudes are just getting killed they got Patterson killed now looks like they're gonna do the same to McCaffrey really really bizarre just situation up in Michigan I, I mean a few years ago people are talking about Jim Harbaugh like he's on par with Nick Saban Urban Meyer those guys the the best coaches in the country and I don't know. It's just seems pretty average to me. They they haven't had any success. I'm, I know the guy's had plenty of success in his career everywhere he's been before that, but just a really weird deal. Uh, yeah. Number seven, Auburn at number 10, Florida. Auburn might be the most underrated team in the country. They have great athletes all over, like Stidham at quarterback a lot. Interesting challenge going to the Swamp. Florida is a great defense. Um, could could slow down Auburn a little bit. A little bit of a bummer that Felipe Franks, Florida's quarterback, will be out. He's obviously out for the year, but still an interesting matchup nonetheless. The SEC, people were down on it a couple of weeks ago after kind of a slow start, but you know, four or five of the best teams in the country all in the SEC this year. Arizona traveling to Colorado, that game Saturday afternoon. You know, are the Buffs legit? I, I can't really tell at this point. I'm not fully sold on Steven Montez. He's obviously a phenomenal athlete. They got a huge win over Arizona State on the road without Chenault and some of their best players. 
Can they stop Khalil Tate from running wild on them at home, though? I'm not sure, but should be an interesting matchup. CU quietly kind of one of the last hopes for the Pac-12. I mean, Cal lost last week. Oregon already obviously has one loss. Oregon hosts California tomorrow. That's the other intriguing game in the Pac-12. If if Cal beats Oregon, that basically assures that the Pac-12 won't be in the playoff. I mean, if, if a team went 11-1 and one and won the league, maybe, which is something CU could do, obviously, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't know about the Pac-12. They, they've got a lot of good teams, but no great teams, if that makes sense, and I just think they're all going to cannibalize each other and in the end, that's not going to be good for the league. So, Other big game of the night, number 25, Michigan State at number four, Ohio State. Big Ten showdown uh, should be should be a good game. We'll obviously be pretty busy with the CSU games. We won't get to see much of that, but Ohio State's as good as any team in the country. They have explosive athletes all over. They're deep on offense and defense, but Michigan State just seems to always step up for these big-time games against their conference rivals. So can Michigan State play spoilers again? They've been the team that's been been able to do so over the last five or six years or so. We shall see. Either way, I'm just excited for another weekend of college football. I know my waistline probably wishes that the season was nearing an end. i got to be a little bit more active here. Stop being so planted on the couch but it's tough with all these great games you got 18 espn channels and cbs sports and fox and all the league channels and man just so much college football i love it it's the best time of year it's finally cooling down a little bit not so hot as well just really just a great time i love fall in fort collins so if you're if you're at the game and you're wearing your dnvr rams i know they say bsn denver but if you're wearing your Defend the Fort t-shirts. Make sure you take a picture. Tag us. Uh, shout out to Ryan Green, my boy. Greeny, you my boy. I love you for uh, repping the Defend the Fort shirt. He's one of my best friends in media, one of the most talented video people in the country, certainly the best video guy in the Denver market. Shout out to him, though. Part of the Ramley. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to give me crap for for shouting him out on this podcast but wanted to do that anyways i hope everyone has a phenomenal homecoming weekend yeah have a great time guys defend the fort Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly